is. Tanya, why don't you come on up? And what I am uh, about to do is introduce one of the most incredible women uh, that, uh, that I know when it comes to uh, working in the kingdom and uh, what she does for the kingdom through World Hope International Canada, is that right? Or Canada International. We'll just go World Hope Canada, okay? We like that. And uh, it is our privilege to have Tanya Nace, who is the executive director for World Hope Canada. Um, but uh, man, I'll tell you, she wears so many hats within that organization, uh, that executive director, chief cook and bottle washer, uh, the big kahuna, all of the things that go along with that, the mover, the shaker, um, the, the biggest cheerleader of, uh, of people and of women and of clean water and of teams that volunteer and so on and so forth. I mean, she does so much of that. And we are just so grateful to have her with us and a part of our team here um, when it comes to the Atlantic District and what they do. And uh, it is a privilege to have you here today. It's tough for Pastor John to give up the pulpit here. But he, when he heard that it was Tanny, he was like, absolutely, no problem, anytime. And so we are thankful. There is a little bit that we've heard. Were you one of his students or was he your student? I was his student. Okay, all right, just checking at uh, Kingswood University. And uh, so there's a connection a long way back with Tanya and with Pastor John as well. And so uh, we are grateful. And uh, so we're going to turn this over to you in just a moment. But we're going to turn something else over to you that we are super excited. So you want to put that down here. And what I have here, can you uh, throw up, um, Candace, the uh, World Hope Wells thing there? Yeah. So what I have in this envelope, Tanya... I might get a little weepy because this stuff makes me incredibly excited what we're doing, but we're, we're looking at partnering somewhere in the country of Liberia, right, to actually see through completion a well drilled for our community. Is that correct? Okay. Well, in this envelope here is that right there, and we want to give that to you. And would you join me in just saying this? We are grateful to be a part of this. Yes. And so, thank you so much. Privileged to have you here. It's all yours. We've got until 6 p.m. tonight, so go ahead. It's so good to be here. You guys having a good day? Nice and balmy out there. It's been awesome. All right, so I have a picture of my family here that I brought since I couldn't bring them with me physically. They were going to come, but um, they couldn't get off the island. We live on PEI, and they literally couldn't get off the island on Friday because there was a snowstorm there. So this is my family on a different day than today um, at the beach. So I wanted to share them with you since I couldn't bring them here personally. Um, my husband's name is Jonathan. I have two little boys, um, Chandler and Zayden, and uh, they say hello to you. Um, and we'll bring them here next time. Is that okay? We'll bring them back next time so we can explore and have fun here in this area. Um, and really, they're just like a small part of why I do what I do. You guys are also a part of that. But um, my husband's a stay-at-home daddy and allows me to travel all over the place to do this because we believe together that this makes a difference. And uh, we do this as a family. It's a family thing. So I want to say hi to them, hi to you from them. Um, I also want to thank you guys for this amazing check. So you guys don't realize how big of a deal this is. Like, $16,000 is going to fully 
only be able to fund an entire deep borehole well in Liberia. And we are actively drilling there. We literally had this huge drilling equipment going there right before Christmas. The roads are so terrible to get to the villages that we're getting to because they have no access to clean water that the entire truck and the entire drilling equipment flipped upside down as we were trying to get down a road. We got stuck in mud. They had to like get it re-pulled back up. They had to get it hauled out. I'll send you a video so you can take a look at it at some point. Um, we have like a little old video that doesn't work on a big screen like this. And we had to get the whole thing repaired again. Like it broke things. And uh, it's back up and running now and we're going back out that road to go to those villages that need clean water. Sometimes we travel up to a week like it takes forever to get there and stay there and drill a well in those locations where there's literally no water. But because of your generosity, literally children are going to stop dying because they have access to clean water. And trafficking will be lessened or it will be gone from the village because the women and girls are not going to be walking the same path every day to get dirty water that will then make them sick. So it's such an incredible gift. This will last for the lifetime of the village. And uh, what an incredible blessing for you guys to be a part of that. And I will share pictures and information with you um, once we get the well drilled. Sound good? That's going to be awesome. I'm so excited about that. And I also have to let you know that if I do a terrible job preaching today, that it is Pastor John's fault because he was my preaching professor. So like... I don't know what else to say, but like you can blame him, not blame me at this point. So he taught me everything I know, and, uh, and it was a blessing to have him as a professor. We're going to jump into the Luke series, keep moving forward on that. We are going to laser focus into Luke for, uh, chapter 3. So if you have your Bibles, let's open that up. Luke chapter 3, and we're going to be starting at verse 2 um, today. And we're going to be talking about John the Baptist today. John the Baptist, he had he done a lot of things in ministry, but one of his main purposes in life was to prepare the way for Jesus Christ. What an amazing opportunity, right? Like, how cool is that? He is a similar age as Jesus. If you know the scriptures, you'll know that he was in his mama's belly and Jesus was in his mama's belly and he jumped around when Jesus showed up in the room. So they always had this cool connection. And John was a little bit of a weird guy, like a little strange. He lived out in the wilderness he wore strange clothes, he ate strange things, and he was kind of an interesting, odd man. Do you guys know anybody like that? My husband would say, I'm also very strange, so I don't know about that. He literally lived in the wilderness, and, uh, and so we're going to start there whenever we start reading our scripture in Luke today. So let's take a look, Luke 3, starting at verse 2. During the high priest of Annas and Cephas, the word of God came to John. This is John the Baptist, crazy man in the wilderness, son of Zechariah in the wilderness. He went into the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah, the prophet, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked roads shall become straight, the rough ways smooth, and all people will see God's salvation. Amen? I love this passage. So we're going to look at a few things today, and the first thing is timing matters. Timing matters. You take a look at verse 3. It says that John the Baptist, the crazy wilderness man, went. Then John went. He didn't just like think about it for a little bit, hang out, process it, pray about it. He went. The word of God came to him and said, hey, you, go do the thing that I want you to do. I've been preparing you for this. And he did it. Like, he literally went. He went immediately into the countryside and started telling people, Jesus is coming. 
and he looked weird, and he smelled weird, and he ate weird things. So, like, he didn't have time to, like, go figure out, like, what are we eating, and what should I wear, and, you know, how should I get there, and all this kind of stuff. He just did it. Like, he literally went. And the timing of how he responded mattered because it was perfect timing that God had to prepare the way for Jesus. God's direction in our lives will come at us no matter where we are. Do you ever notice that? Sometimes God says, I want you to speak to so-and-so about Jesus. Or I want you to help this person. And do you ever notice a time he never really matches what we like? You know, oh, but I have so much to do and there's so much happening and I have a lot going on and I'm a little nervous about that. No, no, no. When God says do it, like you do it. Like the timing is really important here. And John the Baptist followed God's timing. He did exactly what God told him to do when God told him to do it. When God asks us to move, we move. Right? Amen? God led Crosspoint to fundraise money for a group of thousands of people in Liberia that you will never meet. And the church felt like God said to do it. And what did you do? You did it. God's timing matters. There's also the other side of timing that's really not as fun, and it's the whole waiting thing, right? Do you guys ever have that? God, come on. I've been praying for this person. I've been praying about this situation. I don't want to be sick. I don't want to deal with this. When will you bring a miracle? Sometimes we wait. God's timing matters. Sometimes we wait. Sometimes we move. See, John the Baptist was hanging out in the wilderness, and God was teaching him, teaching him and preparing him, and he had a lot of time out there. He smelled really bad. He was prepared for the special task that God had for him, and he had to wait. So I'm sure there were days where he was saying, God, you're teaching me so much. When am I going to use this? I mean, literally, there's no one here. You know, there's nothing going on. There was a time when God had to say it's time to go, but there was also a time where he had to say it's time to pause, it's time to be with me. Um, I worked in missionary mobilization for 10 years, and I was always, always, always amazed. And like, why are we amazed by this, right? But we continue to be amazed by this. I was always amazed by the timing of God and how he like lined all of these crazy things up for stuff to happen. And there was this one couple, Jim and Lori, their picture's up here on the screen. They had been waiting their whole entire career to become missionaries. Literally, God had put it on their heart when they were young. And they went through a full career. He was a police officer. Uh, and they just, he, he retired. And they called me up one day, and they were like, God has been calling us to be missionaries forever. And we just don't think this is ever going to happen. Our heart is in South America. So I started working with them. We started praying through things. They started talking to their church. And I sent their biographies out to the, all the leaders across the entire world of the Wesleyan Church to say, this couple is awesome. They're amazing. They're sharp. They're experienced. They, like, they're mature. They know how to make their beds. Okay? This is a big deal in missions. My bed at the Rose is not made yet, okay? Like, this is a thing. And I'm like, they're awesome. They're like parents. Their kids are growing up. Like, you guys need to take these people. They're awesome. Nobody answered me. Till finally I got an email from South America. However, there was a time I sent the email over here. Weeks passed over here. And I'm calling the Rices, and I'm saying, no one's answering me back. And they're like, oh, maybe it's not God's timing for us to be missionaries. And they're like really upset about this. Can you imagine? They're like, I'm like, no one's calling me back. It's not you. It's me. It's my email, I'm sure. Something got caught in cyberspace. I don't know what's going on. So for weeks, I'm telling them like no one's responding for you to join their team. 
Lori went to church on a Wednesday, and she gets back, and she's just devastated because South America is in her heart. Like, that is just where she wants to be. God's called her to that. And all of a sudden, they pull into the driveway Wednesday after church. She looks at her husband, Jim, and she goes, you know what? I'm going to do it wherever. Wherever God wants us, we'll go. If it's the Middle East, that's cool. If it's China, that's cool. I'm open to whatever God wants. I finally have given it up. I got an email that same day from South America. And I called them a few days later and said, hey, we just heard from Ecuador. Something was happening with their internet. They are so excited to get you guys. Would you consider going to Ecuador? And they just bawled. They were like, we just gave it all up. You know, we gave it all up for you. But God's timing matters. Had I contacted them a week before God spoke to Lori's heart and she kind of gave it all up, it would have been so much different, right? But it was such a walk of faith for her to be ready for the timing that matters. Timing matters. All right, secondly here, John the Baptist can show us that action matters. Action matters. This is my favorite part. Verse 4, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. John the Baptist was fulfilling what the prophet Isaiah had said years and years before that. Generations before even, in Isaiah 40, John's goal, John's purpose was to make the path straight for Jesus. Make the path straight for Jesus. John's job was to say, hey guys, hey, Jesus is coming. There's this guy named Jesus. He's bigger and better than me. Jesus you got to be baptized. Jesus is coming. Guys, Jesus is coming. Hey, guess what? Guess what? Jesus. Hey, guys, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Hey, get ready for him. Are you ready? Do you know about this? Have you heard about him? He's coming. Get ready. No, 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 not me. Je no, 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 not me. Jesus. No, 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 not me, Jesus. He said it the entire time. Jesus is coming. I called Dave this fall, Dave Rowe, and I said, Bahamas, Friday, free? Actually, Vicki and I messaged ahead of time, and we agreed that Dave was going to go to the Bahamas. <laughs> Bahamas, Friday, free? And he did it. He's like, sure, what do I need to do? I'm like, I don't know. Bring a tent. Bring all your food. It's going to be terrible, hot. Lots of ants are going to bite you. We got nothing on the ground. Complete destruction. Will you pump fresh water? He did it. Action matters. And what was Dave doing? Preparing the path for Jesus. Our job as believers is to prepare the path for Jesus. Our job is to remove the stones, to make a place for pavement, to get rid of all of the snow, right? We have to make the path straight for Jesus. That's our job. That's our job. Anti-trafficking projects, what an amazing way to prepare the path for Jesus. We don't just say, hey, children who are being abused through live stream televised abuse, Hey, Jesus loves you. No, we say, we're getting you out of there. We're going to find out what's happening. We're going to make the perpetrators go to jail. And then we're going to tell you about Jesus, right? We make the path straight for Jesus. And Jesus gives us opportunities to make the path straight for him. And we miss them all the time. A kind word, a gift to a coworker, lending a hand to a neighbor. 
providing a service to someone who maybe can't do something, food, smile, encouragement, anything. These are ways that we make the path straight for Jesus. But action is always required. Always. Action matters. One of my favorite stories that I've heard recently on how we make the path straight for Jesus is in the country of Sierra Leone. And in the country of Sierra Leone, there are disabled children, as there are in every country. But in Sierra Leone, the culture says, if you are a disabled child, you are a demon, and you should be killed. So children who are disabled are often left alone to die, Children who are disabled are often ignored by their parents. Fathers often leave the mothers with the disabled children and go somewhere else, and they're left to fend for themselves. Disabled children are not treated with the respect and the value that we know they have because they are made in the image of God. So World Hope came in and said, this is not okay. We're going to make the path straight for Jesus. And we're going to start at the highest level of government all the way down to the community. And we're going to start saying, these kids matter. God loves these children. We will serve them. We're going to do physical therapy so they can eat. We're going to teach them to sit up so they don't choke. We're going to help them get out into their communities and play. We're going to have them be a part of the community so they say they matter. They're valued. They play a role in your community. They are beautiful. We're going to go to the government leaders and say, you need to put laws in place so that children who are disabled are protected and cared for and honored and loved. And we've been doing that for quite a few years. Now, there's a church in New Jersey who took this one step farther, and they said, we're going to go over every year, and we're going to put on a beach day for all of the kids in the program. It's called Enable the Children Program. And we're going to go to the beach because guess where disabled children are not welcomed? At the beach. And they've never had a chance to go to the beach because they're not allowed to go there. And we're going to bring them to the beach. We're going to give them free food, lots of ice cream. Their brothers and their sisters and their parents are going to be loved on. We're going to bring dignitaries there to talk about it. We're going to take over the beach and show them that this matters. So here's a video of the beach day.
action matters every time. That's how we make the path straight for Jesus. All right, and the last one, heart change matters. Heart change always matters. Why do we make the path straight? Why do we provide food? Why do we love our community? Why do we provide water? Why? Because heart change matters. The physical matters, but the heart change matters even more. You can't have one without the other, right? You can't just do one or the other. You've got to do them together. John the Baptist's purpose was to preach baptism and ensure that all people will see God's, sal God's salvation. That was his purpose. Heart change. That's what he had to do. His voice belonged to his time. God prepared him for that. His testimony of Jesus belonged to the kingdom to help straighten the road and prepare people's hearts for Jesus. And lives were changed. People came to know Jesus. Many people's lives were changed. And then Jesus was able to begin his ministry off of that. And, well, Luke's coming up more, so we won't mess up what you guys are going to find out here soon. Jesus transformed the earth and provided a way for us to be right with God. What an amazing way for John the Baptist to help begin the heart change process for the future of the world. I have a new Facebook page called Push Toward Impact. This is not an advertisement. I would love for you to go there and follow me on Push Toward Impact because the story I'm getting ready to tell you is actually on there. I interviewed Dr. Joanne Lyon, the founder of World Hope, last week on there. And this story is actually in more detail on that video if you want to follow along. Push Toward Impact. She shared a story on whenever she kind of began World Hope about 20 years ago, and she was crazy. She's still crazy. Don't tell her I said that. This is recorded. She'd love that. And, uh, and she was like, you know what? There is a civil war happening in the country of Sierra Leone. That's kind of where World Hope really began. This is back in 1999. And, uh, and rebels had come into Sierra Leone, and they were using a lot of different types of abuse and, and violence to be able to control people. It was just absolutely terrible. Well, no one could get into the country of Sierra Leone, but she figured out a way to get in there. And she showed up at the airport, and there's a luggage. There's a carousel and a luggage, and she's getting her luggage. And she's like, I really need to find a way to get the word out about what's going on here. This is terrible. No one's talking about it. Well, there stood a journalist from the Washington Post, and they became best of buds, and they started traveling around the country that week together. They came to a location, and this lady was telling her story. Now, this lady had said this story happened quite a few weeks or months before. This lady's name is Mrs. Karoma. Her and her five-year-old daughter were there telling Joanne the story. She said, I was out planting my ground nuts when the rebels came. They grabbed my five-year-old daughter, I grabbed her back. They then took my five-year-old daughter again, took her to a tree stump, and chopped off her arm. Then they chopped off my arm. Joanne said she was just shocked, and they just stood, there they stood with no arms below their elbows. And, uh, and the photojournalist was there. Well, he took some photos of them with their permission, obviously. Long story short, that photo ended up on the front page of the Washington Post. Not Joanne's plan. And people started talking about it. People started saying, this is not right. This is not okay. And they started really working hard to be able to say, what can we do? People were like, this is wrong. This is evil. What can we do to make this better? 
Well, obviously, end the war. That's a good thing. That's really kind of hard to do, though, whenever you're, like, on the other side of the world. And people started sending in money to say, can we provide prosthetic limbs for these individuals who have lost their limbs? Can we provide new arms? Can we provide new legs? What can we provide? From there, World Hope opened up an amputee care center in the Capitol Center. And guess what? They found Mrs. Karoma and her daughter, Damba, and they provided new arms for them. Twenty years later, Damba posts this on Facebook. There's nothing that anyone can say or do to make me feel any less of a woman. I know my worth, and this is all that matters. My scars don't define me. I define my scars. Her heart had been changed, not because of the new arm, and not because of the amputee care center, because of people who love Jesus, who said, we are going to do something about something that's not right. And people would say about the amputee care center, go to the World Hope Center. God is there. Not go to the World Hope Center. There's free arms or free legs. Not there's free food. Go there because God is there. This is the heart change that's so required whenever we serve people, right? What are people saying about our homes or about our church or about our communities? Are they saying, go there, God is there? Go talk to this person, God is there. John the Baptist had the privilege of saying, no, not me, Jesus. And that's what we get to do. We get to say, no, it's not us. It's not about the 16,000. We're excited about that, but we're excited. It's about Jesus. God is gonna be there, right? Every time you get a glass of clean water, God's gonna be there. God is there. There's a bigger picture. There's a bigger kingdom. This is a part of the bigger, bigger thing. And we get to be a small part of that and say, God is there. Go meet him. Your life will be transformed. I'm going to ask Pastor Dave to come up and, and close us. But I just want to ask this question to you. Why? Why? Every single timing thing that happens in your life, every single action that you take, why do you do it? You do it so that God will be there and lives will be transformed. That is why we exist. We're going to ask you to stand for just a moment, and we're going to pray, and then the band's going to lead us in telling you guys everything matters. Timing, action, heart change. Those matter. And it's all about what God is doing in making Jesus famous. It's all about Crosspoint being obedient and making Jesus famous for the good of the city and the hope of the world, right? We live and die by that. The gospel, what Jesus is doing and changing. And so thank you so much for that. Let's pray. Father, whew, what a privilege to be here this morning, Lord, and to hear from you clearly. Father, your faithfulness in just meeting with us in allowing your spirit just to move in this place. Father, we have heard from you and we thank you. It has been a rich morning. And we ask God that you would help us to understand how important it is in our lives 
with timing, action, and a heart change, all that matters. We pray your continued blessing on this part of the body here in this part of the world and in the greater kingdom throughout the world. May we be at work in all the things that we've heard, Lord, for your honor and glory. And we thank you, Lord, that in just a few moments, we're going to see timing, action, and a heart change that all those things matter through a little life in Kyle as he makes that next step in proclaiming that I am all in for Jesus, with Jesus for the rest of my life. Pray your blessing on the remainder of this service, Lord, and we just continue to offer ourselves to you. Lord, would you have your way with us as we continue to be here in your presence? In Jesus' name.